part of my podcast with Mike Raymond. He's the Professor of Athletic Therapy and Physiotherapy from Duke University. Before this, if it's been a while since you listened, he talked about assessing the patient who had a stiff joint. And then I asked him how do you manage the patient with hip pain or hip and groin pain. So, so kind of along the same lines as, you know, I look at the, the whole comprehensive exam and, and uh, um, typically is, you know, you know, trying to, you know, what are, what are their subjective complaints? You know, are they always mechanically reproduced with the same types of patterns of movements? So, um, so athletes for a lot, you know, for example, uh, squatting can be a, a very common mechanism. And uh, this is not a written up test that, I, that uh, has been published. But uh, one thing I like to do is have them squat normally, have them squat with uh, having their knees come down towards their to- uh, knees coming together. So almost like they're going in like a loaded uh, flexion, adduction, and internal rotation position, and then have them squat with abduction and external rotation. And uh, typically the people that are symptomatic will have more problems the more adduction, internal rotation you have them squat. And the reason I like to do that is to kind of point out to them is, can you see the difference when you abduct and externally rotate your legs, how you have less symptoms, or how you have more symptoms when you adduct and internally rotate? And so, therefore, it's one of those where, you know, this hurts, you know, if I change my movement pattern, if I change my stance, you know, that can, that can improve. And, uh, and you know, changing maybe, you know, maybe instead of having them do a back squat, which is going to put them in more trunk incline, maybe have them do front squats. And uh, but, the, but the exam is, you know, it's not just a special test. It's, it's looking at their movement. And can I give them cues on changing their movement pattern? And if I can give them cues on their movement pattern, improving and being less painful that day to, to me that's you know that's a win and and i've won them over as far as their expectations and and they realize that hey maybe this is not automatically going to have to have, require surgery mike what about the scenario where patients have failed conservative management tell us when you've had a patient who you recommended the surgery and how they've done yeah so they're you know had uh had a soccer player i mean i've had more than one but one in the case that Predominantly remember is a soccer player that, you know, came in, um, fairly irritable, had a lot of clicking, catching, had positive, you know, uh, impingement testing and actually did, uh, have some improvement with, uh, you know, abducted, external rotated, uh, squats. And, you know, we worked on different movement patterns. We worked on, uh, um, you know, it was her plant leg. And so when she was planting and when she followed through with her swing, you know, she went into flexion, adduction, and turn rotation. Um, we tried different cleats. We tried different patterns of movement, and uh, um, and she just didn't. You know, six months later, she didn't resolve well, and uh, and it was hard to convince her to, to to go on. You know, to to give this some time, and that's a difficult case in in athletes. Is you know they're trying to. You know, oftentimes they want to have the surgery right away because then they'll be ready for the next season, and. Uh, um, you know, unfortunately, this was a case where we, you know, we said, well, you know, give us some time. And, we'll, you know, she, she improved, um, but uh, ended up uh, having to go to surgery. And her post-operative course? And, and so her post-op course was uh, uh, a little bit tenuous, and she had uh, a lot of uh, anterior hip pinching pain. And uh, uh, she, she did not go back to the same level of function. And so uh, I'm not certain that, uh, you know, conservative uh, versus surgical, which, you know, which was the, the better of the, of the two. You know, they both, in my opinion, uh, failed. 
But, um, you know, she was able to go back to play soccer. She had to modify her activity. They put her at, uh, had to move her to midfield versus a, a forward. And, uh, um, and then eventually even moved back to, to defense. So, so she would have to get in that position less. And, and sometimes that's what, the, what has to happen and is, is modifying their sport. And sometimes the patients, uh, uh, aren't necessarily willing to do that. And Mike gives me just a chance to draw listeners' attention to Joanne Kemp's systematic review in the BJSM. It's the one on hip arthroscopy for intraarticular pathology, and she won the award for the best systematic review of last year, and we like systematic reviews at BJSM. And that showed that of 16 studies that just looked at arthroscopy, two you know, showed significant effects. Um, the other... You know, 14 studies have had moderate effects, and basically, it's not a quick fix. Is that your take? Yeah, it's not a quick fix, and you know, and even uh, you know that paper even said you know what, they weren't sure of the effects you know three years post-op, and so I think that's a difficult thing. Is patients automatically assume that you know, especially athletes, is when well, I want to get ready for the next season, and and so uh, you know, I'll, I'll have it done, and. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll quickly be back. But you know, even if you look at, um, well, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, Percy Harvin had, had hip arthroscopy done and, and, uh, you know, it, he even subjectively said that it felt, it took him a long time to feel like it was, it was normal again. And, and he essentially played in the Super Bowl this year and, and, uh, not really much of any other, you know, that's just, you know, one case, but, you know, and so people end up doing well, but it, it's, it, it takes some time and it's, um, it's not, uh, doing the surgery and, and you're good to go. So it sounds like there's a need for a very good quality randomised trial of surgery in a defined population versus conservative management such as you've outlined. Yeah, yeah. so I would, you know, I would like to see, uh, you know, I, I think that's the ultimate goal is to figure out, and, and these, obviously these studies are difficult to do, but, um, you know, you know, you know two-arm trial, conservative versus uh, surgical you know, and follow them out, and 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 follow them out for you know six months to to at least a year, and and I, I think the difficult thing is um, is convincing patients to you know get you know do it six months and, and see if that improves. And you know there was a, you know there was a study by uh, in uh, knee journal or knee uh, surgery and sports traumatology that uh, you know the process survey that um, physicians uh, in that survey is they. They asked physicians if, if, you know, if there was our randomized controlled trials showing that conservative worked, would you change your approach? And, and they said they would. And, uh, and even in that same uh, survey, they asked patients if, you know, would you be willing to do, you know, six months to a year of conservative uh, surgery or conservative rehab and be randomly allocated um, to, to, to see if this works? And, uh, Patients were willing, and uh, but um, and hopefully you know those kinds of things happen. And uh, you know, to, to my knowledge, there is one study that's uh, been, been registered and uh, in the clinicaltrials.org, and uh, you know, hopefully um, that gives us some good findings. Do you think there might be a cultural difference in Europe and in North America for patients mm-hmm. wanting to go in these sort of RCTs where you're comparing surgery with conservative management? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it might be. You know, I can't really speak uh, well for Europe, but um, it does sound like that uh, in Europe patients go to the physio first, and so maybe that uh, would probably sound like it may be a little bit more favor- favorable. Um, my sense of the general theme in, in the States is that uh, surgery is uh, a little bit more of uh, 
the preference for patients, and so it might be a little, a little bit more difficult. Yeah, it seems like it's promoted better. There's a general perception that surgery fixes things in the States compared to in Europe. You get, I wonder why that is. Uh, I, I, it's hard to say. I think, I think it's maybe the, the nature of it. And, uh, um, well, you know, physios don't – we do have direct access, but, uh, uh, you know, insurance doesn't pay for it uh, automatically. And so it's – we are typically not the uh, – the first responder to MSK, and so maybe that has something to do with it. Right. Yeah, interesting. So if the referral pathways to an orthopedic surgeon, for example, and, again, patients have direct access to that in the U.S., whereas in some countries one has to see a sports physician or a GP before one can see a surgeon. We've touched on a few different scenarios, Mike, and I know we need to let you go into your day. I mean, I think we've talked about the patient who's asymptomatic, and you've suggested that really there's no indication for rapid consideration of surgery and proper quality physio is, is worth a trial. You've talked about the early symptoms. The patient has mild symptoms. You've talked about how to assess that and similarly encourage patients to consider rehab first. And you've talked about hip surgery not being a guarantee and there being some challenges in the rehab phase. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we leave it, Mike? No, no yeah. I think just the, the big thing is uh, my, my concern is we are – we are accelerating this process without knowing the uh, knowing you know, number one the mechanism and not knowing whether it, you know, it's it's good or it's bad and and um, and I would even say you know conservative rehab it's uh, it's not been well investigated uh, you know there is one systematic review from Wall and uh, physical uh, medicine and re- rehabilitation you know even there was only four or five studies and 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 the conservative rehab was quite different in each one and so I think. Conservative rehab needs to, to needs to improve, and, and we need to f- better figure out who are good surgical candidates. And uh, um, and just because somebody has this morphology, uh, I think uh, does not preclude them to have surgery. And, and I think, uh, quite honestly, I think the literature supports that. On that note, Mike, we've had plenty of experience over the years. You talked about shoulder decompression perhaps being overdone, and there's evidence that the menisci in the knee really protect the joint and yet there was a phase where there was a big enthusiasm to remove menisci. So do you think the labrum may play a protective role in the hip? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some uh, nice studies showing that it is a, it is a stabilizer, you know, especially uh, you know, a secondary stabilizer and it you know, does deepen the cup. You know, I think that oftentimes people think that the hip is only tight and uh, it only lacks mobility, but uh, um, this is a whole other topic. But I, I think there are enough studies out there showing that with capsular releases and uh, psoas releases and, and cam impingements putting pressure on the labrum and the psoas that uh, people do have laxity in the, in the hip as well. And so, you know, unfortunately, is these people that are lax or that have um, an excessive amount of movement is now the the labrum is, is now putting having more load on it, and uh, and the psoas is having more load on it. But uh, it definitely serves a proprioceptive and uh, and a sta- uh, secondary stabilizing function, according to the literature. No, that's great clinical wisdom, Mike, and it is complex. There's a lot of factors involved. So, do you want to summarize the podcast for our listeners? Yeah, I, I think the uh, just to be cautious and uh, and hopefully. Realize that uh, surgery is not an automatic uh, an option, and uh, 
the, the current literature uh, does not support the fact that if somebody has uh, cam morphology that they automatically progress to hip osteoarthritis. Um, you know, there's studies that are 18.5 years out and, uh, you know, 80 plus percent of those people did not have a problem. And so I think our concern here, or my concern is that, um, we are moving ahead of the, of the literature. And so I think that what we need is well-designed randomized controlled trials, surgical versus uh, conservative and well-designed conservative rehabs and figuring out, you know, and following these people out longitudinally. And, uh, you know, it's not an easy, it's not an easy answer and it's not an easy, uh, research option to do. And these are difficult, uh, studies to do. And, and, uh, my concern is I'm not sure if patients are willing to exhaust conservative rehab. And so, but if you really look at the literature, you know, especially on lumbar spine fusions, yeah, there's been some studies showing that if you look at these people, randomized, controlled, uh, surgical versus conservative, you know, immediately right after surgery, the surgical group does much, uh, does a little bit better one to two years out. Uh, but if you follow them out for 10 years, uh, essentially the, the results were essentially the same. And so those were, you know, the main studies and, uh, uh, from the study, from the state of Maine and, and the states. And so I think it's just, uh, you know, be cautious. Fusion hasn't, uh, you know, different surgeries in different areas, the lumbar spine, subacromial decompression. I would hate to see us go down the same road without uh, proving it first. Thanks, Mike. And listeners can find more of your great writing in BJSM, a couple of nice reviews on hip injuries and labral tears. You've got a recent one on ankle injuries. Twitter's a great place to follow BJSM at BJSM underscore BMJ for regular updates and also debates, and that's how this discussion about hip surgery um, was raised. It came through some papers and some discussion from many people on Twitter. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We look forward to joining you in other topics in BJSM. Have a great physically active day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>